Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So let's start a fight. I mean, if it's there for the taking, what the hell? You got nothing else to do today. So put aside lunch and stop the work and tell your boss you won't be back for an hour. Let's start a fight. Go on. Prove to me that masks are good for kids. Show me how kids are better off wearing masks. Admit to me now, scared adults, that your fear you take and you push onto children to make them live in fear. What did I say? I didn't even think that was a controversial statement. Holy crap. Yet here we are with people still wanting to believe that masks prevent the spread of COVID. They still want to believe that vaccines will stop the spread of COVID. Photo after photo after photo of elites not wearing masks while others are forced to wear them. Stacey Abrams of Georgia not wearing a mask in that photo with school kids, all of them wearing masks. Barack Obama having work done to his multi-million dollar palace in Hawaii not wearing a mask, all the work people in masks. The mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, the speaker of the house, Nancy Pelosi. Photo after photo after photo after photo. You don't want to look at photos? What's the matter? That's just a couple of random accidents? Oopsies. Let's take a look at all the kids who have failed to learn because of remote learning. Failed to learn because of the masks and they're having troubles with speech and the speech impediments are on the rise and speech therapists are busier than ever before. Oh, that doesn't matter. At least they're still alive. It's COVID. They survived it anyway. So what are we doing? We're putting kids in masks because teachers told us they were scared. And if you think that that's insulting, you're right. That was very insulting what I just said and the way I said it. Because not every teacher was afraid. Not every teacher wanted this. Not every teacher asked for this. And you cannot, and I will not, simply lump and label all the teachers into one place. But if you think I am going to hold anything back against those unions and those administrations that have no medical degrees, that know nothing about science, that simply because they were themselves cowards followed along with others without asking what they were doing to the students, I don't plan on stopping that at all. As a matter of fact, I'm just amazed that's considered a controversial view. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Don't know if I said hello. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number, 833-GOT-TONY. So tell me, how are kids better off in masks? What makes me bring this up? Why am I so hot about this subject? Connecticut, New Jersey, Delaware, Oregon, all dropping mask mandates. The mask mandates for students should have been dropped months ago. And there are governors out there who did right by the kids in their states. And there are governors out there who simply passed the buck 
and did not engage in any type of leadership. Oh, we'll just leave it up to the school districts. You can leave it up to the school districts, and school districts can make all sorts of different uh, decisions. I have no issue with things being local, none whatsoever. I have an issue with the lack of leadership. The lack of leadership is the story. The unwillingness to stand strong and say, we do not force people to get vaccines here, first and foremost, although we think they work, which I believe they do. Said it a million times, I'll say it a million more. Vaccine works. Against COVID, it does against Delta. Not against Omicron because it wasn't built for Omicron. Nothing works on Omicron. If you're getting a vaccine to protect yourself from Omicron, you're utilizing the vaccine, in my view, as off-label. That's not what it does. That's not what it does. In California, they're getting rid of the mask mandates for kids. Yet I still have people screaming and yelling at me. Because I put something on Twitter and they're like, you just you you don't care about children. You're going to get them killed. What's the big deal? The big deal is kids are suffering and it doesn't make any sense. The big deal is that it doesn't work. The University of Waterloo study, what we've seen on lockdowns from St. John's, from what we have from the CDC regarding cloth masks, masks do not stop COVID. Just like a vaccine doesn't stop you from spreading COVID, nor does it stop you from getting COVID. What it will do is reduce the symptoms if you happen to get COVID. If you are symptomatic, because you could also be asymptomatic. From the beginning, we've been having this conversation. And now I've got five Democrat states all saying, yeah, we're done here. Yeah, we're finished with this. Yeah, it's not necessary. How in the world does that happen? This is Dr. Leanna Wen on CNN. I mean, this is, this is a whole mouthful right here. I don't think we should be looking at case counts at all at this point, especially when we're dealing with a milder variant and when so many people were exposed to Omicron and therefore have ha- have at least some level of protection, either through vaccination or immunity. The key number that we should be looking at is hospitalizations. If our ICUs and hospitals in that particular region are not overwhelmed, if they're not over capacity, we can set a number, for example, 75% or 80% full, then we should be able to relax all restrictions and i first things first um we no longer have to count uh, cases we we no longer have to count cases that's how you know the midterms are here guys only matters uh who who's in a hospital we don't have to worry about case counts we don't have to have the 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 ticker on cnn anymore uh we didn't have to have that when trump left office uh that that was over but now the midterms are here and democrats are fed up with covid because their constituencies are fed up with covid because joe biden and his team lied they said that the virus would be in the rear view they would beat covid what a dumb thing to say what a dumb dumb thing to say from a group of people who gladly lied to America and didn't give a good holy damn about it. You knew it was garbage. You knew it was trash. You knew it was untrue. We you going to stop a virus? It's a virus. What kind of craziness is this? You're going to stop a virus. What kind of silliness is this? 
Then again, this is the same guy, Joe Biden, who said he was going to cure cancer. This is the same guy who said he's going to repair all the bridges. Well, who believes that? They're changing these things because we have midterms coming. That's why things are opening up. That's why they're doing this. And and not only are, are, are they doing it, they're saying the reason is because of the absolutely wonderful and terrific Joe Biden. Oh, he has saved us. That's because under President Biden's leadership, a public health infrastructure was put into place, beginning with the American Rescue Plan without a single Republican vote to ensure that we can do everything possible to crush the virus. And that is what has been happening. If you want to get lied to, ask Hakeem Jeffries for an opinion. That's the congressman from New York. That is some real lying. Oh, we we used to have only 2 million people vaccinated, and now we have over 200 million vaccinated thanks to Joe Biden. The the vaccine came out when Joe Biden came into office. How many people did you think were going to get vaccinated? If it wasn't for Trump, there would be no vaccine. That would be a much more honest conversation. All of this is political. But check out Leanna Wen part two. Then we should be able to relax all restrictions. And I actually believe that we should be starting to, with the first restriction removed, should actually be the restriction on children. Because while for adults, you could say, well, what's the harm of adults masking when they go into a grocery store? There actually is a harm that we should be discussing of children continuing to mask. Dr. Leanna Wen used to run Planned Parenthood. I think she's awful. And uh, she advocated for murder numerous times. But this is the, the doctor CNN wants to go to. And she thinks we've done damage to children with masks. When I am discuss this, and I'm discussing leadership, why am I now seeing movement based on its politics? Why, am I, why is this happening? Why didn't I see movement based on governors and others standing up? In my beloved Indiana, the governor is Eric Holcomb. And Governor Eric Holcomb has been a disappointment on this subject of leadership. Oh, the schools, the school districts can decide about the masking. I don't care if you leave it to the school districts. The question is, where is the leadership of standing up and saying, I oppose mask mandates? And now... He's the governor that got beat out by the governors of New Jersey, Connecticut, California, Delaware, and Oregon. If there was a G5 summit for progressive governors, they would be the top five. And the Republican, Eric Holcomb, got beat out by them. And he's not the only one. But they're only making the move because it's political. The move should have been made because it was the right move to make because the science was clear and the kids are getting hurt. Where will be, when will we see the leadership that stands up to Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, with this doozy of a line? 
perspective for children. What's the argument against taking off masks in schools? Well, the argument is that you have, well, let me just say this. I am in favor of an off-ramp on masks. Right. The real issue becomes, are, is, the, is, is the spread low enough so that there's no dissemination or transmission in schools? And it's not the teachers transmitting to kids. Um, it's more kids and kids, particularly in elementary schools right now. And so the question really becomes, do we have, that's why I like what Massachusetts has done, because what they've said is that on a school-by-school -school basis, they said if there's 80% vaccination rates, then those schools can lift the mandates. Vaccines don't stop the spread of COVID. That right there is misinformation, and Randy Weingarten shouldn't be allowed on TV. But it's Willie Geist, that lowlife from MSNBC. I say that on a very personal level, and he doesn't even know that I'm disgusted with him. But if he'd ever paid attention to his Twitter account, he would realize the mistake he made. That's misinformation. But she also said she supports getting rid of masks in kids when they aren't able to transmit to teachers. They're kids. They're snot-nosed kids, and we call them snot-nosed for a reason. They're always going to be transmitting something. So we have unions that don't believe kids should be unmasked. That's why you got to break the union in two. And any teacher who believes that kids should be masked at this stage of the game should go find another job this isn't for them. And if they have any issue with what I'm saying, well, dear Lord, let's understand now how little I care. Decisions have to be made, tough decisions, strong decisions. And if you are worried about getting COVID from the kid, you should go find another job. You're not worried about getting it from another adult. You're worried about getting it from a kid. You gotta go find another job. This isn't for you. This isn't for you. This isn't a trade-off parents are willing to make. Parents choose the kids and will find teachers who will do it, and that's it. You wear a mask, teacher. Not the kid. Not the innocent child. And no, kids don't have to be vaccinated. That's my own personal take. There is not enough data there to make me think that you should be vaccinating your 9-year-old or your 17-year-old or your 18-year-old or your 20-year-old. Yes, I know they're adults, but stop them from hurting themselves. Well, Tony, there's no evidence that a, a vaccine hurts an 18-year-old or a 20-year-old. I agree. I'm telling you how I feel on this one. But I won't have that data for another year or so. So, if you don't mind me, I'm going to wait. Don't really care if other people like it. Means nothing to me. Kids come first. The needs and the wants of the parents come first, not the teachers. And that doesn't make me angry at teachers. I like teachers. I'm done with these union flags. I'm done with these people who want to hurt students and i'm certainly done with politicos who won't stand up and say it's time to put an end to this nonsense it's time to put an end to this madness can you imagine what it's like to be jealous that your governor isn't as good as the governor of new jersey it's an awful awful feeling really is. I'm Tony Katz.
The truckers have not stopped. And they have no plans of stopping. They are blocking traffic. You got the Ambassador Bridge that connects Detroit to Windsor, Ontario. And the truckers have just got that thing all sorts of shut down. Yes. Yes. I, I, I will admit, I don't like it when people block traffic. Drives me crazy. But it was good enough for Black Lives Matter. Here we are. Here we are. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The truckers are speaking for a lot of people around the globe. Four there, Big Benny. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive. Looks like we've got us a convoy. the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. I bring you nothing but the best in entertainment, people. U.S. truckers are planning to do even more on this. You've got truckers across the globe that are now on this. And this, of course, is, a, is about mandates. But really, it's much more about how they're being treated for speaking out. The absolute attacks from from the Canadian government, from Trudeau, I mean, it's it really is appalling what it is that's taking place. These people are, are bigots and they have swastika flags. You mean you've got thousands upon thousands of truckers. You got a million people is showing support out on the roadways. One guy has a stupid flag, and it's like, oh, that's everybody. Great job looking for a way not to pay attention to your citizenry. By the way, they're still citizens. I remind everyone all the time that Louis Farrakhan is an anti-Semite and a white-hating bigot. Still a citizen. The fact that Congressman Andre Carson of Indianapolis is his friend, well, I mean, that's just... As I've often said, Andre Carson has really, he, he makes bad choices. He makes, he makes super duper bad choices. But the guy's still a citizen, still has rights, no matter what a low life he is. The argument that people like Justin Trudeau want to make is, ah, why do I have to pay attention to them? They don't matter. They don't matter. It's gross. Meanwhile... Neil Young and Spotify and Joe Rogan, this is still going on. And is Pete Buttigieg right? We need a no-fly list for unruly passengers. Your thoughts? That's all coming up. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. So in the latest out of Ukraine, um, not good. That's all I can say. You have some people who are convinced that in the next couple days you'll see uh, the, the invasion. You also have Emmanuel Macron saying, yeah, yeah, it isn't coming. Well, that's nice. How, how does uh, the French uh, president know this? According to Macron, Putin has pledged no new escalation. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you guys. 
Facebook Tony Katz Radio. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Instagram, Tony Katz. Rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Go subscribe, go follow. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Macron was telling reporters that Putin has assured him that Russian forces would not ramp up the crisis near Ukrainian borders. And what he said was, was that I secured an assurance there would be no deterioration or escalation. Russia continues to deny the plans. They've got more than 100,000 troops at the border. And as we discussed yesterday, uh, they have uh, the people, you know, they, they're able to determine, well, here's the kind of force you would need and here's how it would work. And so uh, they figure that Russia has 70% of the force necessary to take Ukraine. Now, what's interesting, or I should, I should say that differently, what they're, de- what they're terming a full-scale invasion what I have not been able to get a determination on, and if you have one, uh, uh, Tony at TonyCats.com, you can always email me or, 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 or Twitter. You can you can stop this um, this this person screaming at me um, uh, about how masks somehow help children in schools and we should keep them in masks. It's 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 sad already. Uh, the the question would be, I have not been able to determine whether or not when the, we talk about invasion. Are, is Russia discussing taking the eastern half of Ukraine? Or when they discuss invasion, or do they mean full-on? Take a look at a map. Do, take, take a moment, grab your phone, take a look at a map of Ukraine so we can understand what it is we're all talking about here. It's really important. You have Russian troops that are amassed in Belarus. That is to the north of Ukraine. Then you have Russian troops there towards the Sea of Azov, which is right off the Black Sea. And so you have troops there. They've, the, the, the Russians have already taken Crimea. That happened. Now you're talking about having a force that moves itself northward from the south to Kiev. Kiev is much closer to Belarus. Belarus. Now, sometimes you'll hear people call it Kiev. I think that they're trying too damn hard. It's Kiev. That's what I'm calling it. If that's what they call the chicken, that's what I'm calling the capital. I'm moving on. So you have there the river. Um, the, the Kiev Reservoir that is to the north and to the south. And what it does is it splits the city. So when we talk about invasion, and then that river makes itself all the way down to the Black Sea, emptying out near... Uh, Odessa and near the border with with Moldova. The question before us is, when we talk about Russian invasion, what is Russian endpoint? You could take a look at the river and say, well, that is a perfect example, or a perfect demarcation point, not example, person, perfect piece of geography. Just take everything to the east of the river. Just take everything to the east of the river, and uh, you'll have it. So you'll have part of Kiev, and you'll have all of these areas where they very much see themselves as sympathetic to Russia. They see themselves ethnically as as Russians. So they're not necessarily, and this is a, a big part of this, not necessarily opposed. They're not opposed to the idea of being Russia-dominated, just so we all understand each other. But what if Putin's plan is, well, if I can roll, you know what I mean? 
I, I, I got myself a, I got myself a whole bunch of tanks. The weather, you know, is is, is right. The road's frozen. The, the ground's frozen. Let's just roll on over. Hey, mercy sakes alive! Looks like we've got us a convoy of tanks. What makes them stop? Honestly, I'm asking the question, what makes them stop? Well, something that can make them stop is the idea of a public perception. If you take the eastern half, that's what's expected. What happens when you start taking parts of of the western half? What happens at that moment? Maybe you make those European countries uh, a little more shaky. By the way, those European countries, like Poland, which border with Ukraine. Poland's been through Russian advances. They're not interested. And the one thing I like about Poland is that they would fight. I am actually a believer that we need to reset the relationship with Europe. And we have to ask ourselves, should it be Germany, France, the UK? Because there are many other nations within Europe who are far more understanding of how to deal with these threats and have more interest in being our allies. Yes, Poland, it's not as big or as strong as, as, as Germany. Germany is okay with this pipeline nonsense. Germany's fine with giving the Russians billions. Maybe, and I'm, I'm just spitballing here, maybe we don't want that. Maybe we should say, all right, Germany, you do you. We are going to rethink the area with some other countries. I'm not saying it would work. I haven't done enough study to know, uh, you know whether or not it would work. I'm asking the question out loud. That's all I'm doing right here. So we'll see whether or not uh, the the pledge from Putin, as is described by uh, Emmanuel Macron, is is you know worthy of anything. We will find out soon enough whether or not we we uh, we have uh, an, an honest broker here. Because if you expect me to believe Putin or anything Putin says, um, I'm 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 not I'm not doing that. I'm I'm not going to do that at all. What what can I say? I'm a, uh, I've once bitten a forever shy. Just that easy. A Super Bowl ad will cost you seven million dollars. So here's the question. I'm not doing it. I don't have seven million dollars to do that. What are you crazy? That's nuts. If you did it, what is the return? That's my question. Like, what would you what would you advertise? But what's the return? It's is the return that people are talking about you, or is the return an actual purchase of product? Because I've seen now some of the ads that are going to be unleashed for the Super Bowl, and some of them are funny, and some of them are, are like it's like the joke goes on too long. The one with Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson is very much like a Saturday Night Live skit. The joke goes on too long. It's just. We got it in the first two or three. You didn't have to keep going. We could make a great TK spot for the Super Bowl. But but the question is, what would you want out of it? Uh, what, are, are you trying to get people to subscribe? 
Are you trying to get people to talk about you? So, for example, when like Coca Cola is not doing an ad, second year in a row they're not doing an ad. But let's say it's it's uh, um, I I don't I don't know. Alexa's doing it one right. That's the one with uh, Colin Jost and and, and Scarlett Johansson. Do they want people buying an Alexa? Or do they want the earned media by the Today Show and Good Morning America and our radio show and everything else talking about them? So, yeah, they spent $7 million for, for the ad spot, and then they, they, they spent, you know, $30 million to make the spot and hiring those two. But, you know, uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, they've earned $150 million in, in media, people talking about it. Was it worth it? So that's the question. Is that what they're buying? Are, are you buying people talking about you? Because if I'm doing it, I, 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 great that you're talking about me, but I would rather you were subscribing to my Rumble channel. Because that's something I can, I can do something with. Right? If, if right now there are 32,000 people who are subscribed to my channel, I greatly appreciate it. But I need to get that number up to 232,000 people. Well, I, I, it would be a much more monetizable show at 232,000. So I could see how that works for me. So that's my question. Which one are they buying? Are they buying people um, to to talk, just talk about it, and puts them more into into the public conversation, or do they want an actual result? And I think that's the difference between marketing people. Help me out here. That's the difference between marketing and branding, right? Uh, that's a tough. I right. Can't answer branding that. is about getting people to know your name, but marketing is about a specific action. Isn't that it? Isn't I argue it's the same thing? I I don't know I don't know if they consider it the same thing. It, it's like it's like a call to action is 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 a little bit different. So I that's that's the best I can come up with. So what is it that they're looking for? I do not know. We could make a fun ad though. Yeah, but what would it be like? Just me doing a belly dance for like twenty seconds, and people be like, "What is this?" So, so your um, your your plan for an ad for this show is to belly dance for twenty seconds. Tony, let me paint you a picture. Oh, me hold on. belly dancing on screen for twenty seconds, and then at the end it says TonyCats.com. You're telling me people are gonna go check that out. Um. Just, uh, just out of curiosity. That's not how it works. That's not how any of no, this works. No, it is. The The greatest Super Bowl ad I ever saw was a insurance ad where there's a monkey and an old man dancing. And they said, well, we just waste, wasted a billion dollars. What are you doing with your money? And, like, the fact that they got people, people look, Tony. They I, loved the ad. What did they do then? What did they do next? Oh, well, I can't help you there. But I can get you attention. Uh, I, I the, uh, the attention has to turn into something. I can't promise that. Well, uh, see, there, there's the issue. There, <laughs> then, then you know what? I'm going to be holding on to my seven million dollars. That's probably a good plan. Hold on, wait. This just in. Nope, don't have the seven million dollars. Sorry, sorry. See, that's for a second there. I thought I had the seven mil. I don't. I got to keep working. And that's and that's just it. I I get why people don't do it. it it, 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 you you have to have some result that you want to come from it. And that's a 30-second ad. So what happens if you're buying a minute? Are they just doubling it up and it's 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 14 mil? 
That's something. That is with that we remember an ad versus that we actually utilize the product. This is the question. This is the question indeed. I do have to get to unruly passengers, but this Stephen A. Smith audio, this is insane. This is about hiring of black coaches. I, I, I've got it all coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Peter Thiel is leaving Meta. Meta is the new is the name of the new company that owns Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram. And Peter Thiel, who made his money founding uh, PayPal, is stepping down to focus on, here's how it's quoted, advancing his pro-Trump political agenda in the 2022 campaign cycle. This was reported by both Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal. He's worth about $3 billion. He was the first outside investor to Facebook, joined the board in 2005. He endorsed Trump at the 2016 National Convention. He doesn't want to be a part of what Facebook is doing anymore. So he's moving on. It's very interesting. Because we are very used to seeing the the wealthy be on the far left. For uh, all sorts of, of reasons, sometimes just out of guilt. But when you see them on the, on, on the right, Right. Um, when when you, you see them saying, you know what, I don't think I'm going to buy into everything I'm being told here. Well, first, totally vilified. Of course, they're the enemy. They shouldn't be allowed to contribute. George Soros should be able to contribute to everyone 10 times over. Peter Thiel, how dare he? Pay no attention to that stuff. It shows that people can have minds, they can have ideas, they can have thoughts. They are allowed to act independently, and these are good things. These are very, very good things. And now he wants to pursue a Trump political agenda. This is where it gets fascinating, because we're not just talking about a, a, a political agenda, are we? We're talking about a name that's supposed to be heresy, a name that's supposed to be toxic, not toxic. Now is it? The billionaires are on board. The headline over Fox News, DeSantis insists narrative of Trump rivalry is total bunk. He's a friend of mine. And some people are upset with the governor of Florida because he didn't either talk strong enough or he talked too strong. None of it, none of it, none of it matters. DeSantis is doing his job to ensure he's in the running for 2024. Who knows what Trump is going to do, and it's the job of DeSantis just to move like nothing's happening, like he's the guy, like he's the front runner. But even this thing between Trump and Pence, and Pence is like, Donald Trump's wrong, and Trump's like, hey, uh, Mike Pence, he, he was wrong, and now you've got Nikki Haley jumping into this, saying that Pence was wrong for saying that Trump was wrong about overturning the 2020 election. But saying it in such a way that she's showing deference to Trump and showing respect for Pence. Putting herself in there as the pragmatic person who can make everybody come together. Man, everybody's running. 
but they're not necessarily running away from Trump. Even Pence isn't running away from Trump. He thinks he's wrong and he said it, so he's his own man. But he ain't running away from Trump and those policies and the things that worked. He's going to tie himself to it and say, I was there at the table. People get it wrong when they think people are going to run from Trump. Proving you're your own person is going to be very important. But they're not running. And that's the part that's going to drive the left even crazier. Even crazier because they're already pretty nuts. What do you do with unruly passengers? Do you put them on a no-fly list? Do we trust our government to just decide that people lose their rights? Don't you need a judge for those kinds of things? And Stephen A. Smith of ESPN... Is it racist or not? You tell me. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today.